Hello there and a very warm welcome to Racing Only Better. Barry Orr standing in for Vanessa Royal, joined by the regular crew of TC, Daryl and Dan Barber. Uh, TC, we'll come to you first. We'll start with a little weather watch. It's quite benign over here. Actually, it's been a lovely couple of days in Ireland. Uh, not really any heavy rain or anything like that. Is it similar in the UK? Yeah, at the start of the week, it looked uh, it looked pretty grim at Wincanton and Haydock, where the weather's played ball to a certain degree. Um, Starting with Ascot, it's good to soft uh, soft in places. They're due another eight mil from tonight onwards, but it's you know it's really kind of like hot weather here for the for the time of year. So I think you'll be just like as advertised, good to soft soft in places. Haydock is heavy. They had ten mil yesterday. They're due another fourteen mil before race time. It's going to be grim again there again. It, the going stick reading on the chase course is already three point five. Um, and Wincanton, um, there is actually an active um, yellow weather warning at Wincanton from one o'clock onwards today. So they're in the lap of the gods how much they get, but they're soft, heavy in places. Uh, if they survive, you know, the worst of it tonight, it, you know, it might be as advertised again, soft, heavy in places. But yeah, I'm working on the basis of heavy uh, at Wincanton and um, Haydock. Okay, thanks for that, TC. Daryl, how's things with you? You were saying you took a little break from your B.B. column, your daily column this week on betting.beffer. Yeah, just took a couple of days off just to refresh. Things ain't going my way. Getting uh, odds on shots in running, beaten, and uh, horses backed into short price SP, just getting beaten. So, you know, when things are like that, you just got to take a couple of days off and just, uh, just try and reset a little bit. Excellent. Okay, good for you. Dan, you look like you're advertising uh, for Michael O'Leary there. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm okay. I don't know what the rules are on this thing, but I'll keep stung because it might be quite loud in the background. All right, okay. Happy days. We'll kick straight on into it, lads. It's uh, obviously Betfair Ascot Chase. It's a big day in Ascot on Saturday. Just remind everyone, the offer this weekend and every weekend between now and the Cheltenham Festival, a completely free bet on horse racing multiples. And you can also stay on top of your game by using Betfair Safer Gambling Tools. There's all sorts on there that you'll find. You can get deposit limits. You can set a simple profit and, and a loss tracker and timing checks for gaming. Almost 50% of our customers use them. So you haven't already used them. Uh, I would caution you to definitely give them a go and check them out. Uh, Daryl, I'll start with you. Apples away in the uh, Reynolds town, the novice chase over three miles, grade one winning mare. She was evens in the anti-post market. She was six to four this morning when we went up with the race. She's just been trimmed into seven to five. Now, Kilbeg King, who, who was entered in the three-mile handicap hurl, the same as Henry's friend on this card, but they've opted for the Reynolds Town, is 11 to four. Seven to two, Brave Kingdom. Paul gives that quite a positive mention in his blog on Betfair. And Henry's friend in the first-time chickpeas is a nine to two chance. What do you like in it? Yeah, I like the favourite. I think she's got a great chance here. She's getting, obviously, a seven-pound weight allowance. I thought she bumped into a, a, a bit of a monster in Grey Dawning, if I'm honest. I think he'll have a fantastic chance in the Brown Advisory at the Cheltenham Festival. Um, I thought she she contributed to a very, very strong pace. She won it less than the time before in excellent fashion, making your mind up, come out at Newbury last weekend and boosted that. I think she's going the right way. Um, I think she's she is better than better than her rivals today. I thought Kilbeg King was just a little bit flattered at uh, Kempton. I thought Hermes Allen and Ilan Francais went on and just got into a real battle and he sort of picked up the piece a little bit for me. I thought Brave Kingdom would be the biggest danger. Um, slow finishing speed at Newbury last time, though. So I'm hopeful Apple Away can, can get the job done here. It'd be interesting to see what she SPs at because she's been, like you say, been a bit flip-floppy in the market. 
Yeah, Dan, that great dawn in form, he definitely looks one of the top British novice chasers this year. He, he's been really impressive as what he's done. And as Daryl says, he, he's strongly fancied. He's, he's very short in the betting for the Brown Advisory. How do you read in this race? Yeah, I think he deserves to be a shortish price for Brown Advisor. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. And part of the reason he was brilliant is because he coped so well with a properly run race. And Apple Away was partly responsible for that. I think she's really getting her act together. Stable, I thought, did have a lull for five or six weeks or so. They've really bounced back to form. And it, there's just degrees, aren't they? Brave Kingdom's been doing it well in handicaps. Likewise, Henry's friend. I mean, she brings proper grade one form from Hurdling and also graded form from from Warwick as well. I thought she was the clear pick. Okay, TC, how are you reading it? Just the five runners, a strong opinion? or uh, I wouldn't back her at seven to five, but by the same token, I wouldn't be falling over myself to offer any bigger um, for all the reasons that the boys have said. The one danger is Brave Kingdom taking on for the lead, as Broadway Boy did uh, last time. So that's, that's a concern of sorts, but um, you know, with the seven pound sex allowance, I think she's the right favourite. Would I back her at seven to five? Uh, no. Okay, fair enough. I am um, a good vote of confidence from the other two lads on the favourite apples away. Onto the second race, we're going to talk about it's a two twenty-five. It's a two and a half miles handicap hurl. Monvial, who was a short price favourite here in the novice chase last day, when disappointed, but I think he had a regular heartbeat and he lost the shoe. I think anything that could have gone wrong from went wrong that day. But Harry Derms. Stable has been in decent form, and uh, he's a six to one co favorite with rare edition. Rambo T is also a six to one chance, a co favorite of three, seven to one bad. Irish Hill Paul Nichols put this up as uh, his best chance this weekend. Uh, as in each way, Polk uh, started the season, I think, rated around 131, is rated 125 now. Freddie Gingell claims a valuable five off that, uh, so he gets he's gonna race off around 10 stone two. Five places to each way punters here. TC, uh, strong opinion here? Yeah. Um, uh, there's been a little bit of money around for Rare Edition. That's been clipped into 11 to 2. Uh, I think Rare Edition and Bad are the obvious ones, even if Bad comes in here after uh, a wind up and first-time cheap pieces. Uh, I really like two in here. Uh, the first is Teddy Blue. Uh, now, Teddy Blue... Um, Ran a lot better than it looked in the Lanzarote last time. He he, he was coming there cruising, uh, approaching two out, and he cut out a little bit on his first start over two mile five. But so I think the step down in tricks are positive, as is the fact that they've got uh, they've actually put a, on the first time tongue, uh, for, uh, well they've put on a tongue tie for the first time for Gary Moore. Now it could well be that they don't think stamina was the issue there might have been a, a breathing issue, and it's quite interesting that. Uh, that was the first time Moore's putting on a tongue tie, but he did win um, in a tongue tie, went over a mile six in France. So it could well be that they've unearthed a bit of an issue there. But I think a, a mark of 131 is very favourable on his second in the Swinton. And I think the step down in chip on what's expected to be better ground is a positive. I think he's a very good bet at 12 or five places. Um, there was um, the sportsman was standout about soaring glory. At, um, at 33 to 1, when the betting came out uh, on Thursday morning. That was quickly taken, but I think the 20s, again, five places each way, is very, very fair about Soaring Glory. Now, it obviously takes a, a bit more of a leap of faith rather than Teddy Blue, but, you know, he has been running well. But as a result, he's down to a mark of 132. Um, I think uh, the step up in Chip again will suit. I think the good to soft ground will, will, be, will be good as well. 
Uh, and like I said, he he's just a very very well handicapped horse if he comes if he comes back to form. Uh, the fact that John Joe O'Neill had won with four of his last five runners going into Thursday's racing is a positive, as is the fact, obviously, Soaring Glory's got very, very good course form, you know, two seconds, a second and a third from four starts at Ascot. So I'm not a massive fan of the stable, uh, but uh, I'd rather take a swing at a John Joe O'Neill horse at 20s rather than at the top of the market. So, yeah, Teddy Blue at 12s, each way five places, and Soaring Glory 20s, each way five places as well. And I'm contractually obliged to mention every time Soaring Glory's name is spoken about that he's a Betfair hurdle winner. Why you didn't say that, TC? You're really missing a beat there. Well, that you know, it's kind of like it's a bit of a distant pass there. We've had a couple <laughs> since, haven't we? Well, we certainly have, yeah. <laughs> Plenty of water under that bridge. Okay, Daryl, what are you liking? Yeah, TC's bang on the money with those. That Those were make up of my shortlist, but I ended up on Montville because I was hoping that they were going to revert to front-running tactics and I, I, like, I like a horse on the pace here that you have got to be forgiven of that run at Ascot last time, but he was very, very eye-catching, albeit over fences at Newton Abbott at the time before. He won't mind the ground. He returns to the scene of his uh, demolition job uh, last year over a horse called Shanro for a mark of 120. He's got an unexposed profile. I can't have. He's, he's not better than a mark in, in the 120s for me. So, Look, hopefully all is well. He's been off 85 days since that run at Ascot. So obviously something was amiss, as you mentioned, the irregular heartbeat. Back over hurdles today. There's plenty of scope for him for him to to go well. I think he's only a young horse, pretty unexposed. So he'll definitely do for me. Excellent. Okay. Um, uh, Monviel for Daryl. Dan, what are you liking? Yeah, I'll take advantage of the extra places with Highland. I don't think coming back in trip is an issue. I think without two mistakes... There weren't so much mistakes at Newby. He just caught them on the wrong stride. He'd have been right there last time. He arrived on the back of a hat trick. His Cheltenham form is sound. Again, I'm not, I don't think he's a slow horse by any means. So I thought he was interesting with the extra places. An absolute massive price, just just based on a direct form line. He's Arku, but 20s, when you consider that Rare Edition and him crossed the second last at Kempton in a line. Arkub, I don't know why he was doing it. He was jumping wildly left. It was actually a pretty big performance to still be in it. But he's run around the likes of Sandown and won there before. So I don't think he's ingrained. Might have just been a complete one-off. So I thought he was overpriced, certainly in relation to Rare Edition, when there isn't that much between them on the book. I, I, I agree with um, Highland. I think he has got the pace for two-mile three. But having spoken to Nico de Boisville this morning, I got the impression, at least his first start since December the 1st, whether this is... Maybe a stepping stone for something else, but I agree with you that uh, I, I, I'd like the idea of him two mile free, but off that break, it might be a slight doubt. Okay, we go on to the three o'clock. It's the injured jockeys fund ambassadors, uh, Swinley handicap chase over three miles. Victorino's your favorite at seven to two, it's been good money for him. He was five and six to one in the anti post market, three under through five. Uh, is a four to one chance, five to one Iron Bridge, Sham Blue six, and it's eight bar. TC, I'm going to come to you first here again. Have you a strong opinion here? Uh, I was very, very tempted by Torn and Frayed um, at, um, at 18 to one, which is the top price of the sports book. Um, I'm probably going to wimp out of tipping him in the column, but only because I'm slightly concerned about the three mile trip. Well, it's two mile seven and 180 yards. But yeah, I, I think he's I think he's more of a two mile four horse. But if he can see off three under through five, um, and let me look my notes and do your job for the lead, uh, 
which he didn't manage to do last time, and he hasn't really got on the lead uh, this season. I, I do think he's a well handicapped horse off a mark of 132. Um, he was three pound wrong two starts ago when when a decent six behind fugitive, and he was eight pound wrong last time. So on better ground uh, off that kind of mark, if he can get on the lead and and see off the other two, then I, I can see him outrunning those 18 to one odds. But like I said, the trip. The trip does concern me, uh, but yeah, and I'll be interested to see how Revels Hill run. That he's on, he's in the Grand National at the moment, and I imagine the Noel Feely uh, Racing Syndicate would be keen to have a runner in the big one. But um, if that's the case, he's going to need to be winning this and winning this well to have a chance of getting in the, the national weights because the national weights are out uh, next Tuesday. But it's a total guessing game about what their target is, but. Uh, at the prices, I was most tempted by Torn and Frey at 18 to 1 in the sports book. Okay, 18 to 1 for Torn and Frey for TC. National weights are being announced on Tuesday in Liverpool. Uh, Dan, what do you like here? Victorino, uh, 7 to 2 chance. 300 true finds a consistent sort. Ran a good race last day. He's a 4 yeah. to 1 chance. Yeah, I'd, I'd have Victorino a fair way ahead of 300 through 5. I, mean, I, think, I think 300 through 5 might be on his head a bit around here on drying ground. And. He's got a remarkable habit of finishing second, hasn't he, when he looks like he might win races. I see no reason, genuinely, to not get back on the Victorino train. This horse who adapted so well to three miles at Ascot, I persevered with him at Cheltenham, but you just don't win races around there on the chase track going that wide. It just doesn't happen. He was miles wide. He was dropping in trip. It felt to me like that was a, a bit of a sighter to see if he might be an ultimate horse. And... The strength of his form prior, which could get another boost from the Cromwell horse who runs at Haydock, um, I think is sufficient, certainly of 146. So I've, I've got this belief that he's a graded horse, and I thought there were loads of reasons to put a line through the Cheltenham performance, and I think it means we're able to back him at a bigger price. And because he's got a seven next to his name after two ones, he might even drift a little further than he has already. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Daryl, Dan's got a forgiving nature, and it's the hope that kills us as punters, isn't it? But what do you think of it? Yeah, well, I've been with Dan the last three times on Victorino. I uh, kicked myself last time. I, I thought it was all wrong for him really going to Cheltenham. He was outpaced down the hill. There's only one reason that that I'm slightly hesitant to really weigh in with him this time, and that's because of Shambalu and how well he run here the last day behind Triple Trade and Trade Harper's Brook. Now, Harper's Brook stopped at the finish, but they went ahead of a clip early on. He walked through the third. Um, but it was a real step back in the right direction over a trip too short for him. Uh, stepping back up to three miles, I think you're going to see him in a, a decent light off 56 days. But I think if you if you like Chamblou and you're a fan of his, this is the time you sort of want to back him. But I just I just I'm a sucker for horses for courses. But and, and Victorino, this is this is his bread and butter as he's shown um, two starts before that. So I'm going to weigh in with Victorino, but not as confidently as I normally would. Just flag just on the one thing, Bridge's first pref. Are we going to say oh, that, Tony? I was going to say that. I'll let you say it. Yeah, sorry. I was just going to say Iron Bridge um, is this is his second preference. So it's been, there'll be a non runner um, if Haylock goes ahead and he's five to one. That means there's a 15p rule for in, uh, 15p rule four for that. So okay. bear that in mind when you're betting. Yeah. So the lads are both going for Victorino and TC Torn and Frayed at a price. Onto the feature event. They changed the time of this race. I think it was initially. Um, it was initially set for 335, but they've changed it to 336. 
Because English racing always gets off on time, doesn't it? So that extra minute is going to really make a difference. <laughs> well, it it's made a difference for someone, that's for sure. But Lampress say the fertilize winner is eight to eleven. I've been really short in the anti post. Has to has to be said. This was I don't think we took much in this as an anti post contest uh, um, for various different reasons. But eight to eleven, Lampresse uh, picked Dory, who was second to Shiskin in this last year. Little Nick from five to two into nine to four for him. Ahoy, Senor, major recovery mission with this one is a five to one chance, and it's twenty five to one sail away. Fourth place gets nine thousand three hundred and twenty seven. So I'm sure to be hunting sail away around out the back and picking up some handy prize money. But TC, how are you reading this? Is the favourite opposable? Like uh, uh, Protectorat getting, weight, getting what, three pounds off him and beating him? Is that good form now? I'm not so sure. Uh, considering that was his first run since since he unseated in the King George, it was a fair effort. I mean, Protectorat came out the best horse in the weights, as you said. There was beaten under three lengths and um, it was it was giving the was giving Lompress four pounds. So, you know, Lompress needs to step up on that. But, you know, you'd be a hard... He'd be a hard judge to, to think he, he wouldn't. But, you know, he was like the sports were ducking him at four to seven anti-post during the week. And eight, even eight to 11 now doesn't really excite me. If, in fact, if I was playing at the top of the market, I'd marginally favour Pictoria at nine to four over Long Press at eight to 11. But I'm going to take a chance on uh, Ahoy Senor. Um, now, he was bigger during the week. But any sixes in the marketplace has just literally just been taken. And the sportsbook of fives, and I think any fives or sixes uh, or six or bigger on the exchange is fair enough. Now, um, obviously, he comes with a health and wealth warning, a horse in your because, like I said, he, you only have to look at his body of work in the past two seasons to suggest that he's not a reliable proposition. But what he is, is a very, very good horse on his day. After running Shiskin to a length and a half in the entry bowl, he was rated 169. Now, Long Presser is only 170. Now, clearly, He's run poorly since, but I, I saw a lot more in his run in the Cotswold Chase last time. He was jumping well on the inside. He was he was travelling really kindly, a lot more kindly than he has done. Um, and then the stirrup broke, and then you know the wheels come off. But up until that point, I thought he was a I thought he was a big contender in that race. So we all know the wheel. Like I said, he could absolutely just turn it in if he really clouts one. But I just thought. A forcing ride over two mile five, going right-handed. Um, I think he's like I think he's overpriced at five to one. There's not a great deal of juice in the price, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be laying fives myself, and that's the rule of thumb that I go by when betting. If I don't lay, if I wouldn't lay the uh, the price myself, then that goes a long way to say I should be getting involved. So a hoist in Europe five to one for me to upset the big two. Okay, that's interesting, Daryl. How are you reading this? Yeah, I think Lompresse is by far the best horse in the race, to be honest. Once he gets in a rhythm, um, I think he's going to be very, very hard to beat. I'd like, actually quite like him to go close in the Gold Cup, so I'd have to be back, I'd have to be fancying him here. Um, I didn't think a horse in your wanted to go right-handed. That was that was my... Oh, he let me down the last... Uh, well, the stirrup, the stirrup broke, didn't it? But I, he had a bag of more cash on his back at, in the Cotswolds. Um, but... Long press, eh? I think look, if he can get into a jumping rhythm, I think he's a classy horse. I think there's loads more to come from him. Yeah, I know this is not his correct way round. He does shift slightly out to the left, but I think he'll have too much class for these. Okay. I think, look, I think, I think a horse and your, I think is a positive. He's going right-handed myself, but we shall see. We shall see for sure. A ten to one chance, Long press, eh, for the um, Gold Cup at the moment. 
Dan, what's your fancy out of the four or the three that are in the betting, really? So I'll just complete the clean sweep of likely winners because I thought Pick Doy was the most solid horse. <laughs> I'm like, Daryl, I'm concerned about this configuration for a horse. And when you think of the run where he tried to beat Brave Man's game at Kempton, best performance has been at Aintree going left-handed. And I know something's got to give, hasn't it? He's dropping a long way in trip, and you know what pick door he's going to do. My, my doubt with Lauren Press is a pretty standard one. It's just Will a horse who's missed that length of time and has the gold cup as his main aim. I know it's a raid one Betfair Ascot chase, highlighting the Betfair, but I do wonder if the bounce is lurking in the background somewhere after a race fit horse like Protectorate has has put it up to him from a fair way out. So pick Doy to do his usual ping around Ascot, hopefully hold on. They might be back to lay if nothing else. I fancy one of you to have tipped the winner anyway, because Sail Away is a 25 to 1 poke in the 175,000 Beffer Ascot Chase. We'll kick on to Haydock. The first race we're going to talk about there is the Rendlesham. Uh, it's uh, extended three miles, uh, obviously a grade two hurdle. Both Tox has for Gary Murray. Some nice chances across the weekend, Gary, is 9 to 4 from 5 to 2. Uh, Butch is also 9 to 4. Red Risk. Is a three to one chance. Sounds rushing five and it's 18 bar. Just a six going to post here. Daryl, I'll start with you. Botax has. What do you mm. make of it? Yeah, he's, I think he's got a decent chance. You mentioned Gary Moore there. I've backed the, the shortest priced horse he's had in his last nine. I've backed and he got stuffed. <laughs> so I'm steering clear of Gary Moore at the minute. Um, yeah, look, Botox has got a good chance, obviously. Um, nine to four is very fair. I like the I like the improvement to come from Butch. Really, I thought he. Uh, I just love this horse's attitude. He's just got he's got a real grinding attitude, and uh, I thought he did well to to cling on at, uh, at Cheltenham the last day. He was a novice, I think, up until October. So there's still plenty of more to come from him. He's going to be ridden fairly prominently. Sean Bowen back in the saddle, and I think it's just going to take a really good one to pass him. I'll tell you what, I was tempted by Wackall at a big price, but. Um, but I just think there's more to come from Butch. I don't think we've seen... He keeps winning by short margins, but he keeps winning. And uh, I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. So I think he could develop into quite a nice uh, nice staying prospect for the future. Ollie Murphy and Sean Bone. Uh, Butch, TC, one that really caught my eye here was Sound Russian. Yeah. Sound Russian. I mean, like, some record off the back of a break, better known as a chaser, hasn't ran over hurls since a won a, a maiden hurl a couple of years back. Hence, he's still a novice over hurls. But... He'd no back number if he was to put in one of his performances here. And like I say, off the back of a break, he, he does go well. He um he picked up a knee injury when brought down in the Gold Cup. Uh, and it sounds like they've had a real trouble getting him back. He, he only started cantering in November. Um, so obviously they've gone really softly, softly. He's not in any Cheltenham races. So you're yeah, kind of getting that. What's that, sorry? Yeah, Ruth, I heard Ruth on a podcast and she was saying that like the vets even said to not run him in a chase first time back and she's almost half expecting to be lame in the aftermath which doesn't sound too positive does it no well she shouldn't be saying that out loud if she does, does no. say that in the current climate should she but yeah I mean like like I embarrass it I mean in terms of class um, you know you know without unpenalised 161 rated chaser you know if you'd, you'd hope that he'd given those concerns. It sounded quite a bad one because there was some, I read some detail this morning about actually what happened. And it was like the ligament and the tendon was got sliced away. And it, it sounded pretty grim, but you'd think that they'd, they'd have the horse pretty straight, but you, you never know, do you? I mean, you, no. you see Namorino Sky coming back and, you know, you know, pulling up, uh, pulling up last week. Um, I thought Pogtox was 
fairly priced. I, if I had to run bet in the race, it'd probably be him because I just think he's solid. Obviously, a good course winner. In fact, he won. He won a Betfair Exchange Trophy at Haydock. Oh, Barry, yeah. see, Get, yeah. getting that in. Um, but the problem is, obviously, he's got a six-pound penalty for the the Weatherby win, and also a thing I always look out for in these things: Caelan Quinn can't claim his usual three pounds. So basically, he's costing you about three lengths there, isn't he? By by that by the jockey riding him. So those are concerns. But uh, Botox arse would be uh, the solid one for me. Okay, the two Bs are already taken. Dan Barber with Botox has and Butch. What are you liking? Yeah, I'll go with one of those Bs. I do think Botox has is just a bit better than these. Like Butch wins his handicap of one three five. Agree with Daryl. He just does no more than required, but. When Botox Hass was in handicaps, he was mid-140s. And I was amazed he actually got back into the Cheltenham race on trials day, considering how bad that mistake was for out. He basically, he was down on his nose, lost ground, got back into it. He's seen off red risk first time out at Weatherby. I can see a similar scenario unfolding. I thought he should be clear favourite. Okay, fair enough. Thanks, Dan. Um, on to the feature event in Haydock. It's the Grand National Trial over an extended three miles and four furlongs. Iron Bridge for John Joe O'Neill, your favourite here. The lads have flagged that one up. He's a four to one chance. Credo is five to one. My silver lining, 11 to two. Famous Bridge is a six to one chance. One of the horses that attracted support in the anti-post market TC was Snipe, who finished with a wet sail last day. Um to finish, I think he got up for second, did he? Yeah. Paddy Brennan rode the third, wasn't kind Yeah, of, he dropped his hands, didn't he? Dropped his hands a bit. Yeah. Uh, it's four places here to each way punters on the Betfair Sportsbook. What are you liking at TC? Yeah, I, I put up Snipe on at nines on Monday. Uh, Sportsbook are now sixes. That's comfortably the, the, the bottom price. I imagine Snipe will probably drift to about, it might even drift to nines again, also win only on the exchange. But I do like him. It's, Hopefully, it's got shades of Robin's own about him because I do think this ground is going to be absolutely dreadful. Um, like I said, it, it, it's, it was heavy at the start of the week. The going stick reason suggests it's pretty dire. They had 10 mil yesterday. They've got more range due, 14 mil. Uh, and I just think uh, a, 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 a lightweight is going to be a godsend in this kind of race. If you remember Robin's own in, same, in similar circumstances just before Christmas, he was um, he was effectively uh, running in a three mile four handicap chase off nine stone twelve, uh, and he was back from twelve to one hundred to thirty when winning here. So hopefully, Lightning will strike uh, strike twice in that respect. Uh, like he it was heavy ground, and he was doing all his best work at the finish. Well, time form called it heavy anyway. When he won over a, mile, a three mile one at Aintree, um, got a bit outpaced. Whether it was jockey error or what, because the horse is just slow over three miles on good ground. So you give him a pass there. I just, I just, you know, Skelton's on record as saying he's, you know, he's a marathon type course, and he's certainly going to get that here. He's a youngster having only his sixth start, uh, and on that entry run, I think he's just, I think he's still well handicapped. I mean, he's only six pound high for a six and a half length win, and the eleven and a half length third came out of one by five lengths next time. So, I think everything is in Snipe's favour. The only different, the only kind of slight negative you can say is that. He is a youngster. He's less battle-hardened against the others, which is probably a concern source in this kind of ground. But I think Snipe, I'll, I'll, I'll keep the faith with Snipe because, like I said, I think a low weight could be the way to go in this ground. Okay, fair enough. Uh, 
Dan, coming to you now, the, the Grand National Trial, it's debt taxes, and this is going to be a grueler of a race for the horses, isn't it? It's, it's, it's the same year in, year out. Yeah, we must mark the six-year anniversary of mine and Tony's Wild West Wind project. I must have mentioned that 400 times on the podcast, but mm. that was the day he led on the bridle four out and was pulled up three out of, led on the bridle three out, pulled up two out. The most remarkable finish you've ever seen. Um, I do think they've gone the right way with Iron Bridge. You take out that freak show, Nassalam, and he's he's a fairly convincing winner of the Welsh National. A horse had a lot of time for last season, so I'm keeping him on side, but... Ultimately, the way Yeman's finished the last twice, I don't really like cheap pieces and hiking trip. I think you do one or the other first. But he's been such a stout finisher the last twice that surely he's crying out for this sort of test. I mean, he's only just getting going. Just watch the running last time. It's remarkable stuff how how he's motoring to close the gap on Victorino. Do I mention it? Maybe those two in a double, even Victorino and Yeman with their form tying in so closely. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Gavin Cromwell. I wonder what his, uh, how he's going this season in England. Uh, what he's had? Has he had? He's about twenty-five percent. I think. Might be yeah. a bit less now. Yeah. Nine winners. I think he's had. Nine winners. He's had. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems so, everything, yeah. He's, everything he sends over seems to be there or thereabouts, doesn't it? He's he, he's he hasn't missed much on his trips across the Irish Sea. Daryl, how are you looking at this? It's four places to each way punters on the sports book. Yeah, the two lads have mentioned the, the two best handicapped horses in the race, in my opinion. Um, the one thing that just separates the two, I think, is, is the ground. I think, yeah, man, I, I'm not entirely convinced he wants he wants a ground as deep as this. Other than that, I think he's absolutely thrown in off 133. Go back and watch that ride last time by Jonathan Burke. Jesus Christ, if you were on him, you'd want to give Jonathan Burke a great good clip round here because he, he went inside, outside, up the arse of horses. Like He was obviously a massive eye-catcher, but ground is a big concern for me. He walked over the line in uh, Clonmel over two miles in deep ground uh, last year and, and uh, Navin when he was favourite he cut no mustard there he's beaten 29 lengths therefore I'm with Snipe I think he's got a massive chance I think this is a very very well handicapped horse 102% finishing speed at Doncaster last time I've been with him for the last few runs I was with him at Exeter in October he, he actually caught the faster circuit time than the winner, but he was dropped about 15 lengths out the back of the field, um, off the back of the the group, and uh, just, just couldn't pick him up. Should have won at Weatherby, but he ran him into the rail and got snatched up. I came off him at, at Aintree because I didn't think he wanted deep ground, but clearly he just wants a massive stamina test. This will really suit. He's much better than 124. 121, including Tristan Durrell's claim, lightweight, very much a, a good bet of the weekend, I think, Snipe. Okay, interesting. Both TC and Daryl Carter landing on the same horse in the Grand National Trial at 3.15 in Haydock with Snipe. The seventh and final race we're going to talk about, gentlemen, is in Wincanton at 2.05. It's the Kingwell Hurl Rabot for Paul Nichols is your 2-1 to one favourite. 5-2 to two Colonel Mustard Mustard for Lorna Fowler coming over. Daryl Jacob takes the ride there. And the main line is a 7-2 to two chance. Goshen, 6-1. to one. I think he's a previous winner of this race. And guard your dreams in there at 13-2. to two. TC, I'm going to come to you here first. There is a weather warning you were saying for Wincanton. I don't think Rabot wants soft ground at all. No. Um, like I say, soft, heavy in places at Wincanton. There's a yellow weather warning from like 1 o'clock onwards today. We're recording this 3 o'clock on Thursdays. But the forecast I'm looking at suggests they might not get as bad as feared. But it's going to be soft stroke heavy and like I say I, I'm not sure he wants that um, they're actually quite Rubo was actually odds on in a place at the start of the week mainly because five of the his six rivals at that stage had other alternative entries but he started to drift in the um, 
in the in these fixed odds books yesterday. Obviously, someone got wind at the fact that you know there was going to be four of his rivals were actually going to turn up after all. So now he's you know he's two, he's he's five to two in a place, and I think that's ground concerns, and I think that's because like I said, horses are rocking up against him. Didn't have a massive opinion in the race. Um, I'm not going to say I'm going to take two against the field in a five-runner race because Barry will bite my head off. But um, I would probably go in Namir Lion because I think if it's a real slog in that ground, I think Namir Lion, he obviously stays a lot further, will absolutely love it. But uh, won't be having a bit of the race. But Namir Lion would be my choice if I was forced to. Me and line, if he had to have a bet for TC. Daryl uh, Goshen, an old horse of yours, as recalled uh, this a couple of years ago, or he won it, he's won it twice, hasn't he? What's the opposite of a money spinner? <laughs> that's, that's what he would be. Money loser. Yeah, Jesus <laughs> Christ. But like, again, he's two for two at Wincant and he's, he's got the ground, hasn't he? But the headgear just annoys me. I don't like the headgear putting on him. Like TC mentioned a couple of weeks ago, he, he absolutely hated on the cheap piece. So now to switch the blinkers. I've, I've got off him. Like, Queuing bolting up, but I'd be with Namir online. I think he, uh, I think he ran really, really well in the Lanzarote. He, he, he ran well in the Great with the time before. We know how well that form's working out. He's he's, he's got to jump better though. The configuration of the hurdles at Wincanton down the home straight, he must jump better to be able to win this. But um, I think he'll enjoy a good slog in the mud. And uh, just to mention, a Rubo is actually thirteen pounds worse off with Colonel Mustard for that three-length win over him in a Scottish Champion hurdle at Air last year. So. Round against him, weight against him with Colonel Mustard. I think the me online is is the better seventy two. Yeah, I know Colonel Mustard is highly tried, Dan, but Janie doesn't win very often. I think the last race he won was what three years ago in Galway. He won a maiden hurl. Yeah, I think I don't know the stats, but I suspect you'd go absolutely skinny if you were backing these horses that have had a pretty bad experience over fences, then going back over hurdles because so often it's just well. We're not going to persist with that, so we're running here. Not when he's in top form, just because we're trying something slightly different because he doesn't like fences. His form last season is really good. The Kelso run was a massive effort. I agree with you. I don't know if you'd have more idea than I would, Rubo, whether he'd even run. I think it is a concern. But the long, the, a quick summary of my approach to this race was spent about 15, 20 minutes on it and decided to think that Goshen was overpriced. So I decided, right, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I'd have thought like that a few times. Uh, that's fair enough. No tip from Dan in the last gamble response. <laughs> the message there. You don't have to have a bet. Okay, all that's left, gentlemen, is for me to get your naps. Daryl, I'm gonna try to guess yours. I think from the way you were talking, is it snipe? It is snipe, yes, it is. Yeah. Tony stole half the price during the week though. Well, he did <laughs> yeah, he put it up with it was double figures, I think, when Tony put it up during the week. Uh, it was nines. It, it, you'll get nines on the exchange, I would have thought. When, um, That'd be lovely. Okay, happy days. What do you like uh, as your nap, TC? I'm going um, to split stakes naps. So it's going to be Teddy Blue and Soaring Glory in the okay. uh, 225 at Ascot. In the Handicap Pearl, they both run in the same race, Teddy Blue and Soaring Glory. And Dan, what's your nap? I'll go with the less nutty, more runner in a good hurdle race. Botox has... Botox has another Gary Moore horse. Okay, lovely. Gentlemen, as ever, thank you very much for your time. Just to remind everyone, the offer this weekend and every weekend between now and the festival is a completely free bet on horse racing multiples. Don't forget to opt in for that. And running alongside that offer, our popular bet and get racing multiples offer is available to selected customers this Saturday. So check your carousel to see if you qualify 
for that and make sure you opt in. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. We'll be back on Monday. Well, Vanessa will be back on Monday in the hot seat for Wade In once you take you through uh, another Footsteps to the Festival. I think it's week seven of Footsteps to the Festival and uh, a review of the weekend's racing and all the hot topics making the news in horse racing this week. Guys, thanks very much. Have a great weekend. God bless.